Welcome back to the program podcast. This is your host, Ron Wells. It's been a minute, but I'm going to you know, lay it out for you. You know how I think the NBA playoffs is going to continue. I gave you a post-bubble um, eight games to a playoff preview last time we came out. And pretty much everything that I said has come to fruition. Um, Lakers won in five. I thought they won in three <laughs> versus the Blazers. Um the uh, the Clippers had a little bit of trouble with Luka, but at the end of the day, like I said, I'm not judging the Lakers, Clippers, or any other playoff team or playoff player based on this format because at the end of the day, one, I get it, it's competitive sport, but at the end of the day, when you don't have fans cheering you on or booing you, giving you the energy or the drive or just collapsing under the pressure of you know people looking at you, directly in your face and then you're having to deal with your family members asking for tickets and all this other stuff and seeing how you can compartmentalize all of that in order to become a champion these leagues right now to me to be honest with you um, these wins these losses these everythings don't really have much weight to me it just basically is filler you know non-nutritional filler that we need in a world that is not giving us much of anything to want to look at when it comes to all other forms of entertainment. So with that being said, um, yeah, this is filler space, to be honest with you. So ad revenue can come in. I mean, they're not even playing the games at primetime slots. Half of these games, like, I mean, all the Bucks games were at 1.30, 3.30, 5.30 Eastern Standard Time, meaning that if you do the math on the time, they're either playing at 10 a.m., <laughs> to 1 p.m., or 3 p.m. Um, on Pacific Standard Time, which is another part of the country that you're missing out on. Um, they're playing them like the NCAA games <laughs> at this point, and the Bucks seem to be the worst NCAA team in their personal opinion when it comes to eyeballs on the screen, because I don't think they've had a primetime slot yet, and now... On this date, September 3rd, 2020, the Bucks are two games away from being swept out of the Eastern Conference semifinals by the Miami Heat, who were a bad matchup for them all season long when they had fans. And now um, it's, you know, it's bearing fruit. But again, uh, as much as I like the Miami Heat, I love the Miami Heat. Like, outside of the Chicago Bulls, they're my favorite team. And... <laughs> And I love Jimmy Butler, but to say that this would be the same result going down 0-2 when you're at home in Milwaukee versus 0-2 when you're in the bubble in Orlando is two different things. Let's just be real. Like, Chris Middleton is trash. We get it. Well, he's not trash. He's just not a consistent number two. He's probably a better as a number three. But he's overpaid on a max deal. When he shouldn't have a max deal. And if, if I'm Giannis, I'm looking at this dude like, did you even come to play? And so, like, honestly, I I don't put a lot of weight into this. Um, my boy um, Alex had a dream that the Heat versus the Clippers were the finals this year in the bubble and that the Heat miraculously won it. And even if the Heat miraculously won it under these scenarios... Um, I wouldn't 
say that this is a legitimate title. It's just nice to win an AAU bubble boy basketball tournament. It's what it is. I'm not going to change my opinion on basketball players like Anthony Davis, CP3, um, Russell Westbrook, or James Harden, um, and say that now that they're clutching all this other stuff based on bubble basketball, I'm not going to form a Hall of Famer take on Luka Doncic or my guy Donovan Mitchell or my other guy Jamal Murray, two guys that I was way ahead of the curve on in 1996 when I saw them play in the um, you know, the World Juniors um, Olympics um, and Team Canada won over Team USA and Donovan Mitchell was on Team USA balling and Jamal Murray was the MVP of Team Canada who won the gold medal. Like, I knew those kids could play or these men now could play and I knew that they could put on a show but again, this is a glorified AAU tournament. I don't know exactly what they would do with fans in the stands. Luca's first playoff appearance, Don, Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray's second run in the playoffs or third run in the playoffs. I can't remember if they've been in the, uh, been in two playoff runs or, or one. But this is not a real playoff format. This is not a real playoff run. You're not playing in front of fans. I have, find it hard to believe that both of their scoring totals goes up by 10 and 18 points per game if fans are in the stands and you drop in 50 routinely or over 40 every freaking game of the freaking series, except for the game seven. Like, it's crazy to me. And, you know, Luka getting triple doubles and stuff like that, that he can get triple doubles. I'm not discounting that. What I'm saying is I'm not calling him the second coming of Larry Bird mixed with Magic Johnson. I just can't do that. But I knew Luka was one of the best players, if not the best player in his draft. Great. Clap it up. He's been playing with grown men for a while. So to see him do this in the NBA is not that far of a stretch. What is a stretch is that he's knocking down threes when he can't shoot free throws consistently. That's a bit of a stretch. But at the end of the day, you know, they're playing ball. I get it. Again, I'm not here to hate on anybody who decided to play this way about brand of basketball. You got to go get a check. You got to feed your families. You got to do all those things. But to for them to hype it up because you forget that they're actually piping in crowd noise, but there's no one in the stands. And then calling this real basketball, man, please get out of my face with that. Um, next up um, is now the uh, Eastern Conference and Western Conference semifinals. They're all set. This game seven of a sham of a, um, you know, a basketball is now, the game sevens are now over. Um, Denver advances and they get to play the Nuggets and the um, Rockets advance and they get to play um, the Lakers. Um, the Rockets and Thunder series was what I expected it to be, not just in the bubble, but in general. Um, you got three guys who think that they're leaders who haven't proven to be anything but just, you know, this generation's versions of, you know, Mitch Richmond and Kevin Johnson and, <laughs> and uh, I don't know what you can label Russell Westbrook as, but long and short, these guys who you think are MVPs and point gods, uh, yeah, whatever. Like you saw each of them in game this game seven 
do routinely what they've been doing routinely throughout their career. And there was no fans in the friggin' stands. And then for Chris Paul to say, you know, you got to want to be in these moments. I'm like, Helfa, it is a AAU tournament. Like, you got to want these moments when those big-time moments come. And then in the final three possessions, let's lay it out. He missed a jumper in the middle of the lane, short-armed it, hit off the front of the rim. He um, had the ball with 18 seconds left. The clock was identical. You'd think he'd dribble the ball down and then be the one to take the final shot. Nope. He drives into a double team, jumps up in the air without a plan, tries to pass the ball. It gets deflected and almost turns it over, but Shea Gillis-Alexander saves him, but he throws it out to Dort, who should have either drived and kicked to get it back to CP3, but why would you get it back to CP3? Because guess what he did? He shied away and put himself in the cor- furthest corner of the court. Go back and look at the replay. Put himself in the furthest corner of the court. So Dort, who had been making threes all game, decided to shoot a three, and James Harden blocked the shot. Um, credit to James Harden for closing out after you know pinning down uh, Stephen Adams to make sure that he didn't get an easy layup. Um, and he blocked the shot. But then... With one point, sorry, two point seven seconds remaining, the Rockets couldn't even close it out. Russell Westbrook's trying to inbound the ball, inbounds it to James Harden, who flings it up in the air, trying to draw and one, so he can't even get rid of the ball in time. And it's one point nine, um, two point one seconds remaining. Then <laughs> Russell Westbrook tries to inbound the ball again, and it's intercepted. <laughs> So the three players who I'm telling you about, CB3, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook, all have blunders at the end of the game. And so you have the Thunder, who lost the ball with 2.7 seconds remaining in one timeout, get the ball to advance it up the court to have a chance to win the game with 1.7 seconds remaining. You'd think CP3 would find his way back to the ball. Oh, guess what? A blessing in disguise happens. Someone, Harden, fouled CP3, but they could choose anyone um, prior to the inbound pass. He gets fouled by um, Harden. You can choose anyone to send to the line. They don't send CP3, the second-best free-throw shooter on the team. They send the best free-throw shooter, Danilo Gallinari. But didn't CP3 say, you got to want those moments? You got to want to be in those positions? It's not like he's a worst, um, free, the worst free-throw shooter in the world. He knocks down free-throws. For, so for a one-shot free-throw to bring the game within one and then have the chance to win the game on a two-point play after the inbound. CP3 allows Danilo Gallinari, a nobody, to go up to the free throw line as opposed to himself. You think Jordan would have done that? You you think the best point guards in the world would have allowed that? You think Steph Curry, who's the second best free throw shooter on his team, would have allowed that? You would have thought any of those great point guards of the past, Magic Johnson, or who's not a great shooter at all, but he would have went to the line. Um, you, you think anybody of that caliber would allow that, but you call him a point guard. Man, please, give me a break. You think Allen Iverson, who's not, never been the best free throw shooter on his team, would allow that to happen? He would have went up to the line and made that shot. No. He allows Delano Gallinari to go up to the line. <sighs> now, I disagree with you know, my Uncle Casey, who, who claims you know, Danilo's a better free throw shooter. Sure. He may be, but when you're the egotistical, egomaniacal Chris Paul, whose most clutch moments are hitting people in the testicles, 
you, you should be the one to step up and make that shot because you said the game before you got to want those moments. <laughs> You're in a glorified bubble. No fans, no nothing, just piped in noise. And this clown shot away from the free throws. Danilo misses. So much for being a better free throw shooter, right? And then you get the inbound play. And he's not even fighting to get back to the ball. And he was not double teamed. He wasn't triple teamed. He was guarded like anyone else on an inbound play. And he doesn't fight back to get to the ball. The ball is passed into someone who fought to get back to the ball, which was um, their center. (laughs) And the ball is deflected and tipped away. And that's how the Rockets win the game. CP3 in the last three possessions almost got the ball stolen. Chose not to fight his way back to the ball and took the opportunity not to take a free throw that would have gotten you within one point. So, yeah, so much for being clutch. And then James Harden, although he makes a clutch block, had a terrible game in game seven like he always does. And on top of that, too, uh, couldn't get rid of the ball fast enough to close out the game. And then Westbrook couldn't inbound it to someone with some common sense to get rid of the game as well. <laughs> it was an amazing consortium of piss poor basketball, but I'm supposed to change my opinion of these players when, yeah, exactly. And by the way, I do change my opinions of players. Um, Kyle Lowry is someone who I changed my opinion on. I thought he could never do anything in the clutch, and he did things in the clutch throughout last year's playoffs that showed me, you know, he turned the corner in the Eastern Conference Finals. He was a big part of beating the Bucks um, in the finals, even though people were hurt. He was a big part of them winning what um, the finals. I, look, he can't control when people get injured, but at the same token, he did knock down some big shots along the way. Um, so I had to give him his credit. Now moving over to the Eastern Conference, um, it pretty much went chalk. Seventy Sixers are who I thought they were. I told you who they were. Believe them when they told you who they were. I believed them. Most people thought it would be a series. You know, Boston just swept them. So I thought that would be the case. Then you got um, uh, the the Raptors, who I thought were not just a surprise team, but now they don't even have fans to go into their face. And I thought that they would be one of those big-time teams, and they were. They did their thing against uh, whoever they played. It didn't even matter. Orlando got one game off the Bucks, but then, yeah, the Bucks did what the Bucks do and played some defense for once. And then um, the Heat, yeah, they they swept the Pacers. Yeah, that, that, like I said, bubble basketball ain't ain't for everybody. And um, the Heat play defense, and Eric Spolster and Pat Riley don't allow that crap. The Heat are pretty much who they are in the regular season. It's just now nah, it's in bubble basketball, so their bench players are going to play even better. Um, to be honest with you, I had the Heat possibly beating the Bucks um, prior to bubble basketball starting and making it to the Western Conference Finals or beating them in the Western Conference Finals. They were my sleeper pick to make it to the finals only only because they, they match up really, really well versus the Bucks. It still might happen, but that's pretty much it in the East. Um, uh, as the playoff picture goes through, I think that the Raptors will beat um, um, the Celtics, even though the Celtics took game one. I think that the Heat um, will beat um, the Bucks. 
um, you know, caused a little bit of a stir in the offseason with uh, uh, Giannis, but by all accounts, and I'm not an insider on this, he's one of those kids that's probably going to stay his whole entire career in Milwaukee, and God bless him for that. Um, but Milwaukee hasn't shown him any reason to stay. And if he gets swept by the Heat, I don't see him going to the Heat in order to prove that point. The easy move would be to go to Golden State because Golden State is supposedly down. And that would make them a power once again. And they have the second overall pick. So, hey, more power to them on that. Um, so uh, that that's the only three options for him, to be honest with you. Is the Heat Warriors and and stay with Milwaukee, and I see him staying with Milwaukee, because by all accounts, he's that European kid who believes that staying at home is one of those things he doesn't want to be a marketing marvel, so to speak. Um, that's basketball. The NFL, um, it's not really much to speak of. I mean, it's the NFL right now. It's the dead season for them, and and there's no preseason, thank God. But even without a preseason. One of my favorite players uh, from college football who played really well his rookie season, Derwin James, can't stay healthy. And uh, James another meniscus, and he's out for the season. Again, he did that at Florida State. He did that last year with the foot injury, and now he's doing it again with the injury to his meniscus. So he's gone. Um, I mean, and he's too good of a talent to just cut. So you just ride him until he, you know, never can play again. Um, sorry to see it. Uh, I really am. But he's one of those injured players. A lot of players are still opting out of the season in college football, who I don't think should have a season without paying the players or finding out um, the players moving together to have a collective bargaining agreement. Um, two of the five conferences are gone, just like the last episode we had. And, um, yeah, like, why play? I'm, I'm being realistic. Why play if you're the players? Um, it's not going to affect your draft stock. It looks like the NFL is going to play, but um, they have better testing than anybody outside of basketball, and they're not going to be playing in a bubble, and you're not going to be pay- playing in a bubble. Um, my idea was, of course, shot down by all these conference commissioners and stuff like that because these small little shanty towns that house colleges um, like Happy Valley and Tallahassee and Gainesville and Tuscaloosa and... Um, you know, Baton Rouge don't have an economy that can support anything worth a damn, except for when football comes every year and it's literally their whole year's budget in a three month span. I mean, restaurants and, and and stores and shops and everything like that depend on people driving back to their college town for a nostalgia weekend and watching their favorite college football team play. Now, with limited fans, if something's better than nothing and they're still driving those people back to those places, they could have easily set up bubble scenarios because everybody is virtual taking classes online, including my wife. Um, <laughs> and they could have had bubble scenarios in major cities. Um, they could have did Indianapolis like they do for the Big Ten um, championship game for um, the Big Ten. Had an Indianapolis bubble like they're talking about right now. And all those kids could have been in Indianapolis, but it would only be driving up Indianapolis's economy. So they wouldn't do that. Um, the West Coast could have had it in Tempe, Arizona, and Seattle, Washington. And the Pac-12 could have played in those two sites, but they chose not to do that. Um, 
the Big 12 could have played in Jerry World because he has not one but two football fields. He has the one where he has the high school, national, um, Texas high school um, state title game in, state title games in that building. And then he has Jerry World for the bigger games. And everybody could have been in, um, in uh, Austin or Dallas, Texas, Dallas Metroplex and had it down there. They could have done the SEC in Atlanta. I'm sorry, in New Orleans. And the Superdome has housed many games. And it's on, again, another, you know, artificial turf. So the, the fields would be turned over quickly. No big deal there. And they could have had the SEC in that bubble. And then the ACC could have played in Atlanta. Or Charlotte. One of the two. Or in Miami. They could have had three different sites. So the SEC and um, ACC could have shared Atlanta and the ACC could have had Charlotte and Miami as their, you know, neutral site games. But again, nobody wants to admit it, but it's the elephant in the room. College football drives local economies more than local economies drive themselves. I lived in Tallahassee for three and a half years when College people leave that town in the summer, and I spent one summer there. 60 to 70% of that population is gone. The dollars are gone. I was a server at two nice restaurants, and I could tell you that I went from making 400 a week to barely getting $75 a week in tips. Literally 75% of my money was gone because nobody comes to town when there's no ball, period. Think of all these little shanty towns that these college teams are in. Just think about it for a moment. Think about where you went to college and you tell me, would you stay there? Yeah, the common phrase in Tallahassee was, don't become a local. <laughs> so with that being said, you see my stance on college football coming back. Pro football is talking about letting in about at least Miami. With the backing of Ron DeSantis is talking about letting in 20,000 to 30,000 fans socially distanced, which is half the capacity of the stadium. But people are saying it's a quarter of the capacity, which is a lie. Um, if you've been in um, the new um, Hard Rock Stadium recently, you can tell how intimate that environment is. And I couldn't see 60,000 people being in that stadium, let alone saying socially distant, you're going to have 20,000 to 30,000 people in that stadium. That's crazy. <laughs> it's just crazy. But uh, I'm the same guy who's only gone out to three different places since COVID hit. So it is what it is. I'm a lot safer than other people, but that's where you're going with that. Um, as far as the other elephant in the room, um, sports being um, used as a platform for social justice. I love it. I really do. But at the end of the day, um, um, I just um, I am not the shut up and dribble type. I think that these men are doing something great. Um, and at the same time, I don't think that the other side wants to hear them, period. And. It's never going to be, um, I don't have much hope in 
the striving for doing anything unless you you get a collective effort and uh, I don't see collectivity in this climate right now. So that's my take on that particular part. I don't want to go any further. I'm just trying to give you an escape. But as of right now, you can see some of uh, my pessimism when it comes to the basketball that's being played. It's nice entertainment. It's empty filler space. It's icing. It's no real substance to this cake. Um, as far as college football, there's no substance to that right now. The NFL might be your only source of substance when it comes to actual sport. But again, um, unless they're playing in front of some actual live fans, I can't um, even call this substance. This is pretty much a lost year, people. It really is. Um, last year in sports, but it'll be have, nice to have something to talk about and pretend like it's actual sport. And I hope that the world gets healthier and the United States takes a, a different approach about this. But who knows at this point? Because I want to get back to some normalcy and this isn't normal. Thanks for listening to the program podcast. This is your host, Ron Wells. I really do appreciate you guys listening. Um, go to the show page. Give me a like. Give me a follow. But um, enjoy the rest of your day. I'll get back to you later on this week.